Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by nutritionist Danny Shahan. Danny and I had what I feel is a very important conversation around sugars. Not just what they are, but how our body actually processes them and deals with them. We also have that discussion around the different types of sugars, the good ones, the bad ones, and also the all important artificial sweeteners. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Danny, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thank you. Especially now that the weather's starting to cool down just a little bit. <laughs> it is getting beautiful out right now. I was sitting outside for about three hours this morning. It was great. I pretty much moved inside just to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here and thanks so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. I really appreciate it. You are quite welcome. I am excited to get you on here. We talked briefly last week about a lot of different things that you do and then right towards the end got in a discussion of sugars and right. all the things that revolve around sugars. So that's why I wanted to get you on here is to really dive into that because there's so, I guess just so much that people don't understand about right. how sugars, artificial sugars, real sugars, like how those all respond or how the body responds to them essentially. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm going to dive into that a little bit, just kind of how, uh, sugar is processed in our body, how it works in our body without getting too technical because, um, there's a lot to it. It's just, it's very, very in depth. So, um, to give you just a little brief, um, you know, understanding on how it works. Um, and I'm sure you understand a lot of this already with your profession, but a lot of people really don't understand how it works. Um, the body, when we consume sugar, it breaks it down really, really quickly and it's causing insulin and blood sugar levels to, to spike when we consume sugar. And it's also digested really, really quickly in the body so that a lot of times people just uh, have a really hard time feeling full when they're consuming a lot of sugary foods. So let me just talk a little bit about insulin, okay? Insulin is a storage hormone and it's connected, really connected to the, the carbohydrate intake um, in our diet. And what happens is that it sends messages to all your cells to let nutrients in. And then we use those nutrients in our body, um, you know, for energy and things like that. So what happens is that glucose is one of those things that we take in and, and we do need a certain amount of glucose, but unfortunately what happens is we way, way overconsume sugar. So what happens is that, uh, carbohydrates that we take in our body, is directly converted into glucose. Okay. And then it's, first of all, goes to different parts of our body. So then again, we can use it as energy, what makes our body function and work and all that stuff. So it goes into, you know, goes to our brain and our red blood cells and our muscles and just overall function of our body. And then what happens is when we over consume the glucose, sugar, um, it has to have, it, it's stored in the liver. Okay. And if we aren't exercising enough or we're, we're over consuming, then it, it's stored in that liver, but then there's only a certain amount of storage space in, in our liver. So it has to go somewhere. 
So what happens is that it goes, it's um, stored as fat in our body. And it's the same thing with toxins too. I, I mean, I won't get off on that on that tangent, but you know, we, we are exposed to toxins all the time and, and it works this very similarly. Our body just um, can't, we can only take in so many toxins. And again, it's stored in the liver. And when those toxins don't have a place to go, they're stored as fat. Okay. So, um, what happens is that when we overconsume the sugar and it's stored as fat, it really starts to cause all different kinds of health issues, such as, you know, I'll just name a few because there's, there's a lot of health issues that are correlated with sugar overconsumption, but some of them are, it can affect our sleep, it can affect our mood, uh, fatigue, we experience skin issues, whether it's acne or rashes or you know, whatever kind of skin issues, um, depletes the immune system. It, um, affects our adrenals, depression, anxiety, brain function. It's, I, it goes on and on and on, even, you know, linked to cancer. And one of the big ones that, um, I think that you, you are experienced with just with what you do is inflammation, body pain and inflammation hugely affects. Um, and what happens is that, the dopamine is um, a neurotransmitter that carry, carries messages to and from the brain. And that's what controls our feelings of reward and pleasure. And when we conser- consume certain things such as caffeine, sugar, narcotics, and stuff like that, the dopamine is released. And that's where we get that good feeling, high feeling. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is that when they've done tests and studies of people's brains who are consuming sugar, especially in large amounts, they compare that with the brain of somebody on, uh, cocaine and, um, it, the brain activity looks the same. Okay. So very much like a drug and it's very, very addicting. So, um, to give you just kind of an idea, the average American consumes about 42.5 teaspoons of sugar a day. Okay. We really should only be consuming. Well, in my opinion, I mean, you can research this and you'll find all different kinds of answers, but in my opinion, it should be more, (laughs) more like, you know, you know, 10 to 13, maybe 14, 15, you know, somewhere right around in there. And I'm talking just about added sugar. I'm not talking about sugar that um, occurs naturally in our food because there, you know, we, we talk about fructose that's in fruits and vegetables. Um, that's a natural sugar. So we're not really counting those sugars even. And I don't think that people really understand how many different foods have sugar, whether it's naturally occurring or if it's added sugars. When we start reading nutrition labels, such as um, processed and packaged foods, I can't remember exactly the percentage, but I want to say it's somewhere around 75 to 80% of processed and packaged foods has some form of added sugar um, to it. So we just, a lot of times aren't realizing how much sugar we're actually consuming. You know, there's givens like your, you know, cookies and candies and um, sodas and things like that. Um, I think most people realize that there's a lot of sugar in those things, but a lot of people don't understand that there's hidden sugars in things like pasta sauces, mm-hmm. ketchup, salad dressings are crazy. Um, the majority of salad dressings have sugar. Salsa. In salsa. Salsa, does. salsa. Yep. 
again, you know, processed packaged foods, you're going to more than likely there's going to be sugar in them. Um, and there's a lot of different names for sugar be, and that's how, you know, the food industry can be really, <laughs> really deceptive that way. They know how to hide the name sugar and to put a different label on it. Just to give you a few examples, um, there are around 75 different names for sugars. Um, just a few of them are agave. So agave is one of those, um, we, we've heard in the past that agave is a really good sugar substitute. It's really, really not. I used to use agave years ago and then I started researching it more and agave is um, just as bad as sugar, if not worse. Okay, very, very high glycemic index and just your body, how it converts it um, directly into sugar. So um, some other ones are like Barbados sugar, there's barley malt, there's brown rice syrup, cane juice, cane sugar, high fructose corn syrup, fruit juice, malt, you know, malt syrup, maltol, maltose, molasses. You know, I can go on and on and on with the different titles or names that, that we use for sugar. Um, so... Um, you know, again, it's just very, uh, very uh, addicting. There's ways that you can um, detoxify your body from the sugar. In fact, with my business, my my business is called Essential Wellness with Danny. Okay, and I often will offer 21 day sugar detox programs for people, and I've often had people just really be afraid of trying it, but virtually every time that I've offered this program, I've had people say in it, um, this was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. And in fact, I have to use an example of one client that went through the program. She was very, very addicted to diet Coke, diet Coke. Um, and she went through the program and said that it was way easier than she thought. And she was able to completely get herself off of diet soda and she, as far as I know, she still has not um, drank Diet Pop anymore, which by the way, diet um, soda is the number one um, sugar intake of people. People consume a lot of soda in our country. Um, and in fact, what is a 12 ounce can of Coke contains 16 teaspoons of sugar, okay? Um, and when we talk about table sugar, Table sugar is called sucrose, and what it is is it's basically glucose combined with fructose, okay? Um, so, and just to talk about fructose a little bit more, again, fructose is fruit sugar, so it's it's not all bad. Now, high fructose corn syrup is a different story. <laughs> that one, I think most people know that that's a really, really bad form of uh, sugar. But fructose, because of because of the fruit and vegetables um, having high fiber content and a lot of vitamins and minerals and things like that, it is actually um, a good source, but we still have to pay attention to how much we're eating because I have run into a lot of people who think, well, gosh, I eat so much fruit. You know, this is so good for you. But again, fructose is a little bit different than glucose because fructose goes directly to the liver first because it has to be converted into glucose first before the body can use it. But same thing, if we're consuming too much fructose, it's going into the liver. If the liver gets too full, it's got to have a place to go. So it goes to, it is stored as fat in the body. Um, 
I, one of my daughters, I've got two daughters and a son, and one of my daughters is, this is a really good example of the fructose thing. She was, she was consuming a large amount of fruit every day. And, um, you know, of course mom doesn't know anything. So, (laughs) so I, you know, even though I would, I would try to kind of subtly talk to her about it a little bit, she just had to kind of figure it out on her own. But, um, she was getting really, really frustrated because she, um, wasn't, she was wanting to lose a few pounds and she couldn't. And I just wanted to say it's the amount of fruit that you're you're ingesting, you know, yeah, she was eating healthy and everything, but when you eat the large amounts of fruit, especially higher sugar fruits like bananas and pineapple and, you know, melons, um, some of those are a lot higher sugar. Um, then again, the liver gets too full and the only place that it has to go is to be stored as fat. And so then I just, I started noticing that she was cutting back on her fruit a little bit and uh, changing her diet a little bit. And she all of a sudden started losing those few pounds that she wanted to lose. (laughs) So it's like, see, mom knows a little bit. Mom knows a little bit. (laughs) So, um, um, you know, and I just uh, wanted to give a few book titles um, about sugar that I think are really good. One of them is an old book called uh, Sugar Blues by William Dafty, Daffly, Daffly, D-A-F-L-Y, I believe. That one has been around for a long, long time. Really good resource. Sugar Nation is another one that's great. Um, There's a book called The 21 Day Sugar Detox. Um, And again, I offer 21 day sugar detoxes with my business and um, I I use that um, a little bit as a resource with that program. Um, The Case Against Sugar by Gary Taubes, T-A-U-B-E-S. And then I Quit Sugar by Sarah Wilson. And then a film, a documentary that I highly, highly recommend everybody watch is called That Sugar Film. There's also a book too called That Sugar Book, but That Sugar Film has really great, great information in it. Um, it's It can be a little bit cheesy because it's kind of cartoonish. There's some, uh, you know, just cartoonish type stuff in there, but it's still really super good information about sugar and again just kind of how it works in our body and what it does and that sort of thing um i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i was going to mention well i do want to mention just um a few different tips for dealing with sugar addiction and it doesn't even necessarily have to be people that are addicted to sugar because i do think that there are people that are more prone to be addicted to sugar, just like there are more people that are more prone to be, you know, alcoholics and, and, you know, drawn to drugs and things like that. Um, this could be for really anybody. So a few tips that I wanted to just, you know, give people as far as dealing with sugar and detoxifying and all that kind of stuff is first of all, reducing, um, caffeine intake. Caffeine is, um, really dehydrating for one thing and it can swing blood sugar levels and it can also cause uh, just food cravings and sugar cravings so that would be one thing is and when i do my just to kind of warn people if anybody out there is um, interested in doing my 21 day sugar detox yes you have to quit caffeine for 21 days (laughs) (laughs) but there are alternatives you know there's 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 decaf versions of all kinds of stuff if you're a big coffee drinker and stuff like that um 
And I, it does, I do allow green tea though, even though green tea has a, um, a small amount of caffeine in it. I just think that the, the antioxidants in green tea are, outweigh that. So, so, uh, then the other thing is drinking lots and lots of water that will help kind of detoxify and flush the system out faster. And we should all be drinking more water anyway. We're very, very dehydrated as a society. And there's really great apps that you can download that help you drink more water. They're actually kind of fun, really. I mean, it just, (laughs) unless you, you know, get bothered by little bells going off off and stuff, but you can get apps that don't do that too, where you're just tracking your water intake. Um, You always hear how you should drink like half your body weight in ounces of water every day. I actually believe it should be more than that. Um, I personally, I weigh probably, I don't know, I don't ever weigh myself, but I weigh probably around like 112 pounds and I consume about 120 ounces of water a day or try to, you know, shoot for that. It doesn't happen every single day, but try to shoot for that. And then um, another thing is, is, you know, gravitating more towards the naturally, uh, natural sweets, like in fruit and things like that, fruits and vegetables, sweet potatoes are a good source where you're not getting that, you know, raw or the, the white refined sugar that's actually bleached. I mean, that's how it gets so white is because it's bleached. So that's just another offshoot. (laughs) (laughs) And then avoiding, um, chemical sweeteners. We didn't really talk about artificial sweeteners. They are so terrible for us. Aspartame and, you know, sucralose and all these different artificial sweeteners that, in diet, um, Coke products or, you know, fat free products and things like that, that has to be, there's something that has to replace, you know, that fat taken out and stuff. And a lot of times it's in forms of some sort of sugar. So just really staying away from those is, um, a very good idea. So, you know, again, going back to, um, you know, more like fruit sugars and things like that. And I'll get into, the sugar substitutes in just, just a minute, but just a couple other, few other tips are again, exercising, moving your body. And it doesn't have to be any, you know, starting out anyway, anything super intense. If you're not used to exercising at all, just even starting out with, you know, 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of just walking a brisk walk every day, starting out there, um, and then gravitating into, you know, something a little bit more, but any kind of physical activity, we are such a sedentary society, especially, especially, you know, now with everything going on, a lot more people are at home and working from home and everything's on the computer. We're hunched over our computer all day, you know, and it's just getting up and moving and stretching and and getting your body moving a little bit, even um, doing like some squats in front of your computer or whatever, you know, (laughs) you guys can really come up with imaginary, imaginary things. So, and then, um, getting more sleep. That's another huge, huge thing is sleep. Sleep is so, um, detrimental to our health if we're not getting enough of it. So getting sleep and there's, you know, really ways that you can do that. Um, which I won't get into right now, but there's different things that can help you just get more restful sleep. Um, and also, you know, really, uh, 
kind of evaluating the amount of animal products that you're taking in. Okay. I'm not saying that eating animal products is bad. I personally am primarily vegan. I do eat a little bit of fish and things like that. Um, but again, Brianne and I were just talking about this before we got on here that everybody is an individual. So what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. So if animal products work for you and you can tell that it, that your body needs those animal products by, by all means, you know, that's probably what your body needs. But again, I, I just really encourage people to focus on the majority of their plate being vegetables. Okay. Having, um, a small portion of animal products and there's all sorts of really good, healthy fats. Okay. With, um, olive oil, avocado oil, avocados, nuts, and seeds, and all of those things are really, really great for our body. Okay. And then again, going back to the processed and packaged stuff and eliminating fat-free foods, anything that's labeled fat-free, really please avoid those things <laughs> when you start reading the nutrition label. And that's something that I really um, educate people on with my programs. I, um, I offer six, three and six month programs with my business and I really focus on um, nutrition label reading education because majority of people really don't understand how to read a nutrition label. So I do really focus on that. And then experimenting with spices. That's huge because, um, you can add so much sweetener to your food with spices like cinnamon and ginger and cardamom and nutmeg and you know those kinds of things really add a lot of flavor and they add that sweetness without the harmful effects of sugar okay and then the last thing that i will say is just um to you know really slow down and finding alternatives to when you have those sugar cravings, finding something else that's good for your body. That's not a food form. Okay. I really believe in rewarding ourselves when we hit certain milestones and goals and stuff in our life, but doing it with, um, things that are non-food such as, um, you know, yoga or, you know, a walk or meditation, things like rewarding yourself with, um, like a certain clothing item that you've had your eye on or, or massage, you know, things like that. Just thinking of things that you really enjoy that bring joy and happiness to your life that are non food related. So, um, so those are a few tips. Let's take a quick break to talk about true nutrition. True nutrition is a supplement company and yes, they do have the prepackaged bulk type performance supplements that a lot of companies have. But what I absolutely love about them are their customized options. You can get protein powder with a wide variety of types of protein in it and choose what flavoring you want on it. And along with that, throw in some different boosts to maybe help decrease your inflammation or improve your endurance, improve your recovery, really make it for what you and your body needs. And not only performance, they also have healthy food options as well. You can customize smoothies and oatmeal to really be what you want. So it's a very quick and easy breakfast option or even on the go option. So check out everything that they have at truenutrition.com. And if you use code GYF, you can save 5% on your order. And you can also check out 
all of my partnerships at getyourfixpt.com partners. And now back to our conversation. What was, what did I say I was going to go back to? <laughs> oh yeah, right. So some sugar alternatives, um, that would be just healthier, healthier choices, I guess. But again, I do have to say that someone who is legitimately addicted to sugar, it's best to try to stay away even from the sugar alternatives as much as possible because it, again, it's a brain thing. It's affecting the brain. Okay. But some healthier options would be the, um, erythritol, xylitol. Now those are the ones that end in the all are, um, alcohol sugars. So you do have to be kind of careful with those and especially xylitol. Xylitol is, uh, one that goes into the stomach. So sometimes people will experience gut issues, um, especially if they've never had xylitol before, they might experience some just gut discomfort. Typically your body will adjust to that, but that one does go in the stomach. Now erythritol bypasses the stomach and it goes directly into the intestines. So that one, people typically don't have the, the stomach issues with that. Um, another one I use is I do use stevia. Now that being said, some people don't like the taste of stevia. Some people, uh, taste more of a bitter taste with it rather than a sweet taste. So again, you just have to experiment and, and, uh, and, and kind of try a few different things and decide what works for you. Um, I like coconut sugar, even though it does have sugar grams in it, it's less than actual sugar. And again, your body processes it differently than, um, regular sugar, uh, monk fruit sugar. I really like monk fruit sugar. Um, I know I'm missing one or two, but, um, honey I use occasionally. It's still high in, in grams of sugar, but, um, but the raw, try to find raw local honey, um, is going to be healthier. Organic, of course, is always going to be the best. Um, so, um, am I forgetting any, I, I was trying to f remember if I, if there was, um, How is, um <clears throat> every once in a while I see it used, but, uh, maple syrup. Yeah. Maple syrup is again, kind of like the honey thing where it's high in sugar grams, but it's definitely going to be a better choice than regular sugar. And the thing about honey and maple syrup is that it tends to be, um, sweeter than actual sugar. So you can use a lot less mm -hmm. of it. It's more concentrated. So yeah, but yeah, it's not a bad, bad choice. It's just, I would use it in very limited amounts. Um, because again, when we get back to grams of sugar, we, you know, it, it's hard not to talk about the gut and how it affects the gut because our gut biome, the, the health of our gut is so, so important to every function in our body. Um, <clears throat> I often refer to our gut as our second brain. It's super, super important to keep a gut, a healthy gut biome. And when we're eating a lot of sugar, it's feeding all of the bad stuff in our body, like the bad cells, the bad bacteria, people that deal with candida, or of course, you know, diabetics, usually diabetics know, um, that they have to really limit their sugar intake, but just, um, just being aware that anytime we're consuming sugar, that's very high in grams, you're, you're feeding anything that's bad in our body. That's not supposed to be there. So yeah, but yeah. One thing I want to dive into, um, 
two artificial sweeteners, and you can kind of cover them together, but yeah. um, aspartame is in a lot of the sodas, that sort of thing. Yeah. The, the one big one that I don't, that I see people not necessarily picking up on or that's added to, like, I tend to see a lot in protein supplements and things like that is sucralose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is another artificial sweetener that I make sure I stay away from. Yes. Um, what do, when we consume artificial sweeteners, what do those do to the body? Yeah, it's... Very similar to what sugar does to our body. And again, it can be a little controversial as far as which one's worse. They're both just, I mean, we just need to know that they're both really bad. But again, those, I would say, um, you know, and again, you, people can do their own research on this, but I would say those artificial sweeteners, um, I believe are more connected to cancer, um, because they are lab created mm-hmm. you're, I mean, it's completely lab created. They're chemicals is what they are. And so anything that is lab created that goes against nature, um, is something that's not going to work in our body because our bodies are natural. So our bodies should be fed things that are, that occur naturally in, in the environment, you know, the fruits and vegetables and grains and all those things that occur naturally. When we start messing around with chemicals, it can cause all kinds of issues. The other thing that I do know about, um, chemically created sweeteners is that it really, really affects the brain as well brain health and it's been linked to things like alzheimer's dementia just anything to do with the brain cognitive function really affects that so those are the two big ones that that i have found but again go back to that list that i rattled off of all the things that sugar can affect with our health and and they they are the same i've heard in the past that artificial that when we consume artificial sweeteners regularly that it yeah our bodies kind of forget how to actually process real sugar. Is right. that true? Right. Um, yes, I have heard that as well. And and also, it, um, you know, getting back to both sugar and artificial sweeteners is the more that we consume them, the more our body wants. Okay. And mm-hmm. again, we get back to that addictive factor with it. So, yeah. So just because you're you're thinking that you're drinking a diet soda, you're not getting consuming those calories and stuff. You're getting the really bad artificial sweeteners that's going to affect so many different things. And in fact, the diet products, they've done lots of research and studies on this, that with diet um, soda products, especially that it really, really um, causes more cravings. Like you crave more sugar, you crave more food, you crave more things, and you're really not saving calories. You're still, people are still consuming the same amount of calories. So you're not saving really at all. <laughs> have you read The Hacking of the American Mind? I have not. I'll to, no. I actually have it. I'll have to loan it to you. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really fascinating. It gets into a lot of this as far as like how the industries use our dopamine receptors and responses to create different things and it like it does get into as far as like the apps and how the apps are designed with different colors and that sort of thing but a lot of it gets into the sugars and yeah and all that and it's pretty pretty fascinating to read as far as just what these different industries are doing and to continue these cravings that we have 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up because I was um, going to mention another book that I would recommend called, um, I always want to call it Appetite for Destruction, but that's a Guns N' Roses album. <laughs> I'm Which a Guns is Rose good fan. too. Yes, I'm a fan. But anyway, it's called Appetite for um, Profit. And um, I'm going to forget her name, but she is a, a woman consumer rights lawyer, or she was, I think she's since retired, but she wrote this book called Appetite for Profit. And that book is so revealing as far as the corruption of the food industry. And you're exactly right. Food industries, um, they actually hire chemists Okay, to figure out what combination of ingredients, and they're and a lot of them are not even food; it's chemicals, and what combinations are going to be the most addicting for people. Yeah. So when when um you know these processed and packaged foods are created, you know combining these certain ingredients and stuff like that is addicting for people. And I've even heard now I don't know if this is true or not. Um, and in fact, I think it was mentioned in that book, Appetite for Profit, that certain food companies even put certain chemicals on the packaging of their food so that when people grab them and pick them up, that it's getting absorbed into their skin um, to draw them in, you know, to buy that product because it's getting in there and they're like, Ooh, this feels good to even touch it. And you know, it goes, it can go that far sometimes. Now, again, I haven't fact checked that. So <laughs> I encourage people to fact check it because, um, you know, there's a lot of false information out there too. I get that. But the fact of the matter is, is that yes, food industries are very, very deceptive in the way that they word thing things, how they package things with the colors mm -hmm. and how they word things um, so they can draw people in the most. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Even like texture. They yes. Taste, they test different textures. And I don't even know where I read this. It was pretty recently that I read this that most like chips, things like that, they're going to have multiple flavorings in mm -hmm. their products because you're taste buds will get dulled to just one. Yes. So they have to put multiple ones in there. Yep. So it's constantly giving those taste buds like a, a stimulation. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, you're so right. Yes. That's exactly right. And that's where I, I get back again to, you know, hiring people specifically for that job to figure that out. What is the, the, the best combination of things that, um, where people will keep buying it and buying it, and buying it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Yeah, it is very, <laughs> and when you don't, you know, when you don't have the information, what you don't know, you don't know, you know, yeah. and, the, and that's why with my job, with my business, that is exactly what I really focus on with people is the education part, just educating people on things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, Danny, thank you so much for your time. Um, I will throw, we'll make sure we get all the books, links to the books and documents as well if I can find it sure. um, on the show notes so there's easy access for all of those um, yeah you gave us some great information today it was good. really good I think for everybody yeah. if someone has more questions for you wants to find Absolutely. you where can they find you yeah so um, my website is um, essential wellness with Danny okay and then my email is Danny at 
essentialwellnesswithdanny.com. I know it's super long, but, and Danny is D-A-N-I for Danny. Okay. Um, and then, you know, of course, just reach out to me, email. I'm also on, um, Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Um, those are like my main platforms I'm on, um, LinkedIn. So, but yeah, please reach out to me. Uh, emailing me is probably the best as far as like getting, uh, contacting me instantly. Uh, cause I check my email all the time, but yeah, if anybody has more questions, uh, about my programs or just general questions about what we talked about, I would be happy to answer any questions that someone might have. So what's yeah. your Instagram? It's, um, that's a good question. It's, uh, you know what? I will have to, it's, it's essential wellness with Danny, but there's like an underscore or something like that. So I will definitely get that to you. So when you put this up, you can put it in the, put it on there. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Danny. Thank you much for so much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation today. And before we close out, I want to share with you a program I have called Resilient Shoulders. As OCR athletes, shoulder issues are very common. And if you are like most athletes, you use the lacrosse ball, you stretch, you do all of these things to try to improve the mobility of the shoulders, and yet you continue to have pain. Many times it's because the right things are not being done to really solve those problems, those underlying issues. And that's why I created Resilient Shoulders. Resilient Shoulders is an online platform that gives you the necessary things to do to resolve your shoulder issues, as well as minimize the risk of more issues happening in the future. So head over to getyourfixpt.com courses to check out the Resilient Shoulder course, as well as my other online programs. And once again, thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you enjoyed it. And now let's go out and be highly functional. <laughs>